Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. Yay. Woo. My name is Caitlin and joining me today are... The Jake. A Chris. Some Ames. And we're here for episode 167. Wow. Nice. That's that's only two away. (laughs) From the sex number. The sex number. With a one. So one person is just standing there watching. One? Yeah. I will take 169, please. (laughs) 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 Oh, poor Chris. Oh, Jake, you're evil. Well, we're not going to talk about Our sex. Our poor listeners. No, because Chris will cut it out because he's nice. Maybe. Don't cut out the slurping 69 sounds. Well, you're listening to the slurping sounds of 69. <laughs> this is why we don't get new listeners. Hell is empty oh, and all the God. devils are here. Speaking of new listeners, I tried to tell you guys this, and I, I don't know if you if you if you saw it. I would guess Jake might be the only person that didn't see it. So I have a friend that I know only through the sticker community on Facebook. That's the how we met community. on Facebook. Just just pretend that you don't care what that is. It's we all just trade stickers. Don't worry oh, about okay. it. We're adults who trade stickers. We have books and books of uh, Lisa Frank. Lisa Frank. <laughs> They're, f- they're not ours. They're oh. flat earths. Oh. Anyway, cock tees. So, yay! Okay, thank you. I just inventoried them. Anyway. Anyway, so, okay, so this friend who I know through a sticker community on Facebook who lives in, like, Utah, she was randomly recommended our podcast by another friend who, like, none of, like, it's not someone we know. How do you know it was our podcast? Because I said, oh, was it a Star to Steer by? And she's like, oh my god, yeah, that's it. She recommended you guys. And she, no, she opened with, there are people on it called Caitlin and Chris. And isn't, wouldn't that be a weird coincidence? Have you been holding out on me? And I was like, yeah, I literally have a podcast. And she was like, holy shit. So. You think it's not more likely that she just found this podcast when she was trying to look for dirt on you? Are you calling my friend a liar? Yes. All right, Amy, you heard Jake thinks you're a liar. Anyway, okay. Wait, and her name's Amy? Yeah. What huh. the fuck? I know. Fuck! <laughs> it's a conspiracy. Anyway, I thought it was really Her funny. dog's name's Jake, isn't it? Yep. Damn it. <laughs> she takes him out back Jake? every night and beats him because she thinks it's it a It is a dog's name. Jake is a great dog's name. It's, it's Actually, I've known several she Jake does, dogs. She does have a dog, but I don't believe that its name is Jake. I don't remember what it is, but it's not Jake. Anyway, I just wanted to mention. We so, need a dog, Indiana. We're here. For 167, we've already celebrated, and today we're going to talk about two Deep Space Nine episodes. Hot shit. The Collaborator and a Tribunal. This is a good one, actually. I really like this one. So, what is it? For short. It is an episode. We open with, I know you don't like me to do it this way, but I have to mention it. Kira and Vedic Burial are totally doing the bang and the bang bang, Why which don't is we great. Like this? No, I just mean because sometimes I get too detail-oriented in the oh. summary. But no, it, I felt important. this one was important because they are defo doing the fuck. <laughs> You're so rude. Poor Chris. You, know, you edit this one. No, I already No, told she'll you keep I'm... the crap in. Yeah, that's right. You gotta remember, I'm leaving it all in. The whole story about the stickers and everything. <laughs> oh, I was gonna leave that in anyway, if it was up to me, but that's fine. Okay, so. Okay, the only thing I don't really remember is how Cubis Oak actually plays into it, except that he's on the station. He's the one that 
He knows the dirt, right? He's yeah. He gives okay. Win some dirt. Okay. So in exchange for going to Bajor. So Vedic Barile and Vedic Win are both on Deep Space Nine. Barile's there to fuck Kira, and Vedic Win is there to fuck Barile. Really, she gets in touch with this guy Cubis Oak because he's got some dirt ski that she believes she can use to uh, basically get Barile out of her his current place as like. First place in the in the election Vedic cycle to be the new Kai because he was Kai Opaka's chosen you know successor, but like they can't do it that way; they gotta vote or something. So Kira gets manipulated into being like, "I'll find the truth, Vedic Win, because you're a dirty bitch and you're trying to fuck over my boyfriend." So she does, and she starts looking into things, and basically, Kubis Oak or whatever his name is had information about the Kendra Valley Massacre. There were collaborators who were working with the Cardassians. He was one of them. And he had information about who told the Cardassians about the location of the, like... Uh, rebel base. The rebel base, yeah. Uh, Dantooine. Always and, Dantooine. And this is what led to the Kendra Valley Massacre. And unfortunately, there seems to be a trail of like looking at documents and deleting documents and being here being in particular places with particular people that seems to point to Vedic Barile being the one who told everybody where the base was. So he's like, oh no, and drops out of the running and fucking Vedic Win wins that evil douchebag. It's in the name. It is. Vedic wins. Kira though looked into it a little further after finding out this truth and is like, Kaio Paka was the one who did it and you didn't want to besmirch her good name so you took the fall like an idiot. And he was like, yeah, I did that. And she was like, wow, Kaio Paka sacrificed her own son because her son was there and totes died. Whoops. And uh, sacrificed her own son for the good of the many, which is definitely a a, a trope in these... Star Treks. If only there was some place they could go to talk to Opaka and ask her <laughs> to clear up this mess. I have a question, actually. Because yeah. I, I read a synopsis. Some place where they know she would still be alive. I read a synopsis of this afterwards and that, that specifically says, the late Kai Opaka. She's not late. I mean, she's not do or rest, early, she's... What do the rest of the Bajorans they probably think happened? just think she's dead. Yeah. Well, they think and she's he dead? seemed to not... Because he actually literally says, like, Oh, Opaka, why did you leave us? Or some shit. And it's like, why don't you know why she left you? Why yeah, don't the Bajorans I'm, I'm know why? I'm betting that there's a, an unseen scene. Scene. An unseen scene? Where Opaka's like, just let everyone think I would died. Would that just be an unseen? Because she, it probably would have been a problem if Opaka... Was alive, but can't in a, go home like, again. Couldn't go home. Like that would probably cause an issue. So she's probably just let him think I died in the crash. Yeah, Bajorans love having issues, and they would have run with that. But, but anyway, it's... but also Kira could have gone there and talked to Opaka. Well, yeah, but it was too late because he'd already thrown yeah, he'd already thrown the election. What's the point? And she already knew anyway. She figured it out. But good news, Kira and Barile are going to continue fucking. Good news. Naturally. So. That, you don't have to worry about that. The bad news, though, is Vedic Wynn, who, as we all know, is an evil bitch, is mm. now in charge of things on the spiritual guidance of the Bajoran people, which can't be good. What I want to know is, how come Vedics have more impressive hats than Kai's? 
Because <sighs> Kai doesn't have to prove anything to you. Yeah, but the Pope has the most impressive hat in the Catholic Does Church. Does he? I a big so. white hat with a cross on it? I don't think that's Does very anybody impressive. anybody else uh, more impressive than the hats? That, like, Don't the Cardinals have neat red hats yeah, that are kind of shapely, no. fun and shapely? No, they're just like little like yarmulkes. What's wrong with yarmulkes? Nothing. They're just not that interesting to look at. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about... Maybe it's like a modesty thing because like if you have a big showy hat, you're kind of like, look but, at me, I'm an but asshole. But their suit is also all gold, so that kind of... Um... Religious hypocrisy. All I know is I am so grateful we've gotten to this episode because now I won't keep almost slipping and saying Kai win. Oh, you almost spoiled for that. So many times. (laughs) So many times. It was inevitable, though. You kind of knew, like, we need to have a new Kai. It's going to be between Beryl and Wynn, who are the ones we know. And there was a quote that I wrote down from Iris Stephen Bear. The quote is... The trick to drama is to find the person who's going to cause the most conflict mm. and put him in the most powerful position. True. Mm. Which is appropriate for every day today. That's That was what the voters in 2016 decided. Yep. We want to have more fun. So, uh... There's going to be some great documentaries after That's this. what the voters in, like, three states did. And the Electoral College. Well, that's what I mean. So, I um, loved this episode. I loved... You know, it was a brief scene, but it was amazing. It was just Wynn and Kira? Cisco oh. Oh trading my God. By. He, like, relished they, saying they, the word enemies. They don't think that our relationship is what it should be. Oh, you mean that we're enemies? And he, like, <gasps> relished saying enemies. Yeah, he had so a little shitting smile, kind of. He He's really good at that, like, Mona Lisa smile. Like, you know it's there, it's in his eyes. But he's not outright disrespecting you to your face mm. quite. Yeah, and I like how uh, I love Cisco. how you know he tried to trap her into mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, you know, we'll have this public thing. You know, it'll be a show of solidarity. But after the, uh, I don't want to interfere in the election. And then right after the election, she's like, you know, tell Cisco that I'm going to have to postpone that uh, event we planned. I'm sure he's crushed. But yeah, I don't know. People, I know, Ducat gets a lot of credit for being like the best villain in Star Trek. Ever, oh, no. but I think Kai Wen has can give him as a strong challenger because she is. I think their styles are just so different. I know, but because like, he's very outwardly shady yeah. as well. Right, but she's such a realistic type of villain. Yeah, well, that's she's the thing, like, like that's you can like see her. her walking among us. She's like a very real Ducat, thing. Ducat's a- fun villain. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, he's here to be a bitch. She shows me, oh, this fucking bitch. And like, you actually, I actually get, I mean, I love episodes that feature her, but I also get like anxious. Oh yeah, no, she's and, like, awful. She makes me really out, I'm like, oh my, you no. fuck. So well oh. done. No, do we ever, see her, we ever see her with Ducat in something? Or oh. with, with or oh, against Oh, do we Ducat? see her with Ducat? Whoa. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I mean, I hope that's true. I hope there's like a, a Kai Wen Ducat sex tape. Like there. very, very <laughs> Somewhere angry in Bajor. Uh, yeah, it would be great. They'd be like, I fucking hate you. Let's go have sex. Um, wow. Oh that God. was the most maniacal Jake laugh. Speaking well of done. Bajor, though, 
This is very minor, but... Don't let them in the Federation! That's true, but I already called an episode of that. They fucked up Father Whataway's makeup at some point. For Because, like, when you saw her profile at one point, like, you could tell how fake the nose was. Oh, the nose. Like, it's oh, obviously the, always fake. The Ridgy Ridge? But it looked like they were getting ready to pop off. Whoops. Ooh. Gotta use more spirit gum next time, friends. Something. It was really bad. I really liked, as much as I... I really hate Vedic Wynn. Kai win. That moment where she, when Kira's like, I know what you're doing, bitch. And at the end, Vedic wins like, if you ever talk to me with such disrespect again, you're going to regret it. Yeah, no, I when, was like, oh, when, God. When someone that usually talks in unsubtle euphemism just mm. outright threatens, it's always like, oh. And like well, she starts the sentence always, by being like, my child. Yeah, and she's always like, so sweet. Even when she hates you, it's always my child. How could you think that? No, oh, she fucking geez. told her. She's that, like, I will make you fucking regret it. Yeah, that actress. What's uh, Louise, Louise Fletcher? Fletcher? Is yeah. she? She's from. Is she from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Yeah, she's Nurse, Nurse, Nurse Ratched. Nurse, Nurse Ratched. It's the perfect cast. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's so perfect. Just so good at incredible it. Incredible in yeah. both of those Wonderful. roles. Like, no, I mean she plays an amazing villain. Yeah, she's wonderful. See, if Cisco had any sense. Here's what he would do. He'd be like, Not uh, let Bajor into the Federation. You know, Kai Wynn, Kai Wynn, you know, I, I talked to the people back at Starfleet, and uh, they've decided to give you your own personal yacht. And then he gives her an Oberth class starship. <laughs> it would solve the problem for them. How so? It would explode within 10 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this, I mean, this, this really is a disaster. Oh, yeah. For the Federation. But it's going to be great for the show. Oh, yeah. But, like... Because you would, you you would, you'd never want to watch a show where, oh, and now Beryl's in charge, and then it's just boring for several seasons. Like, the last time oh. we saw her, she was working for the Circle, trying yeah. to overthrow the, the Bajoran provisional government. Oh, yep. but she got to swipe, wipe that under the rug, though, and be like, oh, I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Oh, no, that guy, you were in on this? <laughs> You actually really no. It's great for the Federation because whether they know it or not, they don't want Bajor. Well, that's true. Bajor's a mess. Yeah, Cisco Bajor's brought a- it up again and says, "Oh well, you guys are you. You'd like to be in the Federation, right?" And I'm like, "No." Yeah, but both of you stay away from each other. This is like you know. I might have made this analogy before, but like Bajor is Berlin. Yeah. In like. Wait, what? Yeah. In like the geopolitical, as being like the geopolitical center of two superpowers. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I can you see You know, that. so it's like, who gets control? Or really, actually, probably probably a much more fitting analogy would be the West Bank, right? Like, that's what Bajor is. Mm. You have two strong powers that are both being like, all right, we're going to, and the people that live there who are the Bajorans, they're fucked no matter what. Because what's, what's the West Bank? Not that I don't know. Jerusalem. Like, but I'm sure our listeners don't. Yes. Okay, so it's, it is Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry. I just don't... I'm ignorant. Um, yeah, like the trouble in Israel, in the in the Gaza Strip. So yeah, like the people that live there are the Bajorans, and they're just in the between these two powers. And the only reason they're even important at this point is because of the damn wormhole. And yeah. uh, I feel like the Federation's interests here are... The wormhole. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They don't care about these people. And the Cardassian interest is, well, the wormhole and they just are bastards. They really hate the Bajorans. <laughs> they just they just miss having their slaves. Yeah. 
Well, and that's the thing. is like, I mean, it was in the first episode. Even the Federation didn't really care. There were, like, just enough people, including Picard, kind of nudging them about Bajor that they went, Fine! Fine! We'll send a random guy to keep an eye on it. And then all of a sudden, the wormhole, they're like, Oh, fuck, now it matters. <laughs> yeah, and he was also, like, a flunky, I think. Who? Cisco. How do you mean? Well, like... I think he lost his nerve after Wolf 359. Mm. And, like, he was just puttering around it. Um, Utopia Planitia. Utopia Planitia. And now suddenly he's the most important Starfleet command officer in, yeah. in the quadrant. It's like, hey, you, you know that guy who, like, in no way tries to hide when he hates people? He's now our key diplomat. He was at Utopia Planitia. He was pissing off the... Um, F8? The F8 units. No. He's just annoying them. Make, trying to get them to smile. He just kept telling people their ships looked dumb. Yeah. But like really eloquently. And in that very Cisco way he has. Yes. But yeah, I thought this was good. I mean, I... I don't know. I, I The thing is, is I don't really have a lot of like criticism about this episode. It has, I my, it it has was... my least amount of notes just because it's so it's a very straightforward. Yeah, yeah which it's is very nice. straightforward. Because sometimes these can get convoluted. Yeah, I mean, there is still, I think, some open questions. So, Oak, right? That was his name? Oak? Yeah. No, yeah, Oak. Uh, Cubus. Cubus Oak. Yeah. Or Cubus? I don't Cubus. remember. Something. I think it's cute. I actually think it might be Cubus. Professor Oak. I don't remember. Yes. Um, I thought the same piece thing. Piece of shit grandson Gary. Fuck um, Gary. Pokemon. The original Pokemon. Oh dear. So anyway, no. This guy, he was a col- he was a known collaborator. He worked yep. on Terok Nor. Yep. Mm. And Odo knew him from mm-hmm. back in the day. Apparently, he signed off on a lot of death warrants. So basically, once the when the Cardassians were, you know, left, they, the Bajorans said, okay, anybody that helped the occupation, oh yeah, is exiled. exiled. This was the Ilvian proclamation, which. Seems a little harsh, like for without trial, shitty, shitty system. It's it, like you ever see like those? Uh, I think it was. I think they showed this in um, Band of Brothers when like towns in Europe would get liberated if there were like apparently local women or local prostitutes. I should say would would like who had serviced the occupying Germans mm. were like dragged out into the streets and shaved head shaved i mean well that's fucking crazy i mean they were probably helping to keep the raping down yeah well like it was but they were seen as being you know oh you were collaborative bullshit i was making a living but it was but so anyway point is it was like but um, if you're a shopkeeper and one of them walks into your shop and buys a popsicle i think yeah i think it also (laughs) extended to anybody that really helped like it was basically if you helped the germans when they were occupying the town once the town was liberated, you were going to get tarred and feathered, basically. Yeah, that's really shitty. Like, what choice do you have? If they're in your town, yeah, it's, and it's, if you tell them no, they're probably... I mean, they are Nazis, right? They're probably going to kill you. It's one thing to actively be a part of the government like this oak was. Yeah, no. And I just mean, be there's, a no, there's no question that he was a bastard. I mean, what was the, 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 uh, the president of Vichy France, that guy? What was... Yeah, I don't think anything happened to him. No, I think he, I think he was... Something bad happened to him. Oh, good. What was his name? I can't. I'm remember. looking him up now. Did he get guillotined? No, he didn't get guillotined. But he was a. I think he did time. Hmm. Anyway, but I mean, I mean, a lot of. I think a lot of 
Vichy government officials just got very quietly shuffled back into the main government. Maybe. Marshal Philippe Pétain. Yeah, did anything, did anything happen to him? Uh, Chris Catan? Don't know. Anyway. Yeah, but like, I still think the blanket... Oh, if you were... Like, how was there a trial to determine who was a collaborator? That's a good question. How much do you have to collaborate to be a collaborator? Yeah, like, yeah, this guy was basically like, you know... The equivalent of a um, you know, rubber stamp for the what we will soon see is the terrible Cardassian legal system. It is pretty bad. So I can understand that. But anyway, what I really wanted to get at was, so this guy did work for the Cardassians, and he and his only, you know, the evidence that he brings forward, which, let's be real, Kai Wynn didn't need his evidence. She already knew what yeah. was happening. She, yeah, well, she, well, she, she needed was a tricking way to... Kira so that she would tell him, I know what the fuck you yeah, did. She, if she came out with like, here's all the shit. Yeah. Wynn keeps her hands clean. That's why she made that uh, Neela do her dirty work when, when they tried to get Barail yeah. killed. And, oh, I had nothing to do with it. And Kira even like, says to her face, like, that was you, right? And she's like, I have no, you can't prove anything, put, can you? To mm. put this into perspective, <laughs> to put this into perspective... No, no, not more perspective. Wynn... Kira is basically the Russian hackers to wins Donald Trump <laughs> and Beriles Hillary Clinton. She's uh, out there digging up the dirt. He was sentenced to life imprisonment by the provisional government of the French Republic. So yeah, I mean, I wonder if that whole thing is a direct reference to that. I didn't, I didn't see any reference, but... But anyway, so this guy... Is there to come Cubis. up? His evidence, though, is that Barile came to the station and had a shouting match. Had a shouting someone. match yeah, with a with, guy with Beck, the monk, the monk who delivered the message to the Cardassians. So that kind of got dropped, I think, because once we found out the real truth was that you know that Barile was trying to cover up the fact that Kyopaka was involved. Some what, like, I don't know what was the what was the argument that they had. Him and Beck. Just a normal argument. Could be any is argument. This a coincidence? Well, it's probably well, just some sort of red herring situation to like... Or one, was that guy One lying? of them really liked Star Trek Picard and the other one didn't. Or, was, or, or Beck was like... I don't know, maybe Beck was like, we, we've got to tell people the truth or something. And Brian was like, you know, Gopak is too much no, of a symbol. kill yourself. Something, I don't know. Oh yeah, because he does know that, it's a, that it was Opaka. That's why he went and... Because Brian is the one that got rid of all the records. It was also... I, well, was that just in the dream? In the in the orb vision? There were a lot of fucking creepy orb visions. Lots of but orb like, visions. The orb like, visions It looked like the guy weird. hanged himself in the promenade. That's what they said. Because they go in the promenade and they look up and they, tell, they said, ah, oh, it happened right here. All right. So, yeah, so he did. That's he... a very public... That's a statement suicide. You know? Yep. Like... That doesn't seem like the suicide of just somebody that is regretting something that they did. How long ago was this supposed to have been? Uh, not terribly and long. And no ago. one looked further into this in the meantime. Well, were they still mm-hmm. under Cardassian rule? Yeah, this time? would have been during Cardassian rule. I mean, yeah, they, and they and the Bajorans had their guilty party as far as they knew, so they were happy. But yeah, I just, I just, I really don't know what. Beck's actual involvement in this whole thing is. They said he was the messenger. Yeah, he was sort of. Why does he go kill himself in the middle of the promenade publicly? It's just, I mean, if he was just feeling regret, remorse for being involved, 
I don't I mean maybe it was a, to show like hey fuck you Opaka for making me do this shit I don't know because maybe, maybe he did maybe he did regret that he was involved and he and he wanted to go public with it hmm. which is why Brile showed up to try and talk him down he's like fine I won't go public with it so instead he just does a very public suicide but doesn't really help because everyone's but still then they stop looking into it no they stop looking into it and everyone still thinks he's the guilty party which he was but yeah, not look, as guilty look, as you look Apaka. even guiltier now yeah so hmm. who knows what Beck was going on in uh, that man's mind mm. well maybe he was doing it so that people wouldn't look closer at Hopaka's involvement you like know maybe if you hang yourself very publicly it's like okay you totally definitely did it we can drop it now no? You, you know what happened? Uh-huh. Beryl showed up and he was like, Beck, we have the evidence. And Beck was like, where it's at? I don't get it. It's a Beck song. <laughs> oh, two turntables and a microphone. Where it's at? Forget it. I, I get thought, it now, but I don't know the song. I thought we weren't going to have one. and But I guess we're hoping. Yeah, we should never Beck. hope on this podcast, Chris. Or in life. Nope, never. Right. Well, this is anyway, dark. so the original twist of this episode that w- w- was uh, brought up by the, the original writer was that Kubis was going to have killed Kira's father. And then as they dug into it, they would realize that, oh, he was covering for his daughter who was the one who killed Kira's father. Who's actually Kira. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, that sounds too complicated. And then out of this, they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play with this with this idea that you know there's there's someone who's who's covering for someone. What if we, instead of killing Kira's father, we made it collaborating? And in fact, let's also work in the Vedics because they're they're here doing something. In fact, dun dun dun, Kai win. Everyone wins. Yeah, no, I think that's a better episode than the original idea. So, well, if I understand Bajoran religion and I understand Kai win, this is basically like. Space Pope. Having, yes, but like, if we let some fucking crazy evangelical super church type dude become Pope. So yeah. like... And you also got to assume that like, the Pope in this society is probably on par in terms of power as anybody else or higher than anybody this, else. This would, this would be like being a Pope in Renaissance Italy. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to being Pope it's now. As much, it's, as, it's, it's as much a political... Ever. It's as much a political thing as it is a religious thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually really bad. Well, they're in deep oh, yeah. shit now. I mean, are they... I mean, worse than they were. Their government's already a disaster. Yeah, but like, kind of like how the only thing about say, someone like Biden running for president and potentially winning is that at least the people surrounding him would have maybe the right ideas as opposed oh, to yeah. what we finally got. Wynn is going to have picked nothing but yes men. That's true. Like, Beryl at least would have maybe had people who had best interests in mind and such. So, uh, how about that shit that Kai Opaka pulled? Typical. Some stuff. Oh, Opaka! I'm thinking. I'm thinking when. Uh, yeah, Opaka gets more and more interesting, even though she hasn't been on the show in yeah, um, like season and a half. Like this, like she got us through the occupation, but then they had to sacrifice a rebel cell to save, including her a son. Village. It's like you know, because obviously they sacrificed sixty five or however many people 40, 40 something, forty something, forty nine or something, forty. And I'm sure they died to to, to, very to badly. Save. Well, she didn't ask anybody to give up anything more than what she was giving up. Well, it's interesting, though, because, of course, you know, the episode starts off very cut and dry. Like, this is Oak. 
he's a collaborator, and he's a piece of shit. And now it's like, here's someone who did something that's technically collaboratory, but for, like, a good reason, maybe? And it's like, I don't think it expects us to forgive Oak at all, but it is still being like, this shit's complicated. Yeah, Opaka, man, I don't know, she's, um... Yeah, I, th- I wonder now, it kind of puts her choice in the previous, her previous appearance now kind of in a new light that maybe there's some penance Mm. Mm. you know maybe she feels like staying on that shithole planet well she also saw that in an orb experience I think Uh, yes that's right she's like ah staying on this planet yeah that that matches up I'll do this uh, because we see some more orb experiences in this and they're even more vague than what Kira got to see when she saw you know Jazia wear a cool hat and all this stuff but we did finally see speedball or whatever it's called kind of it has a strange glove. Yeah, I don't know. And a ball. I thought, like, I don't. Once you once you know what actually happened, looking back on those it orb visions sense, were yeah. made. Like, if you were Barail, you should How have known. He, yeah, he already knows the full story. He know what? Wait, what does Barail know from these visions? Because well, he sees himself as Kai. Well, he sees himself as Kai. He sees Opaka leading him, and someone says, "Oh, you know, she walks a narrow path. Be careful," meaning basically. You know, don't go with her because Mm. she killed her own son and a bunch of people. Well, and every vision of himself as Kai ends with some sort of disaster. Yeah, when he sees the hanging corpse of Beck and they take it down, he's like, oh no, Beck. They're like, no, that's you. And there's a snake and he gets stabbed. Well, yeah, he literally gets stabbed by Kira moments before Kira walks in to tell him, oh, by the way, I found out your dirty secret, bitch. And also, he has to make out with Kai Wynn at that one time, which... What happened? Mm. I don't remember that. In the vision. Yeah. He does. He makes out with Kai and what does And what does that represent? How the fuck do they do they determine what these fucking visions mean? It's some very Nostradamus bullshit. That you can make it mean whatever the fuck you want if you want. In that's the thing with visions. I, that's the thing with religion. Yeah, but I think, I think the fact that he saw Beck yeah. specifically in his vision should have been a pretty good clue... That um, something, my, something involving that was going to come My past up. is going to come back to haunt me. Fuck. What about the snake she makes him, tries to make him pick up, though? Because I feel like if she was handing him the snake, it oh, would be they, like... the snake turned it into would, a noose. It would be like, yeah. yes, she is fucking you over directly, but why would the prophets be giving him the snake? Wait, who handed I thought it was when that handed him the snake. It was a gift from the prophets. You have to take it, something, something. I think that was just shit that she'd say, though. Oh. I think it was in the, in so, the context oh, okay. of the vision. So I, think, I missed that it was Wynn giving it to him. So I, yeah, that makes it? sense. I think it was. I, think I she, thought it was Opaka, but or maybe I do was. not remember. I don't remember either. Well, either way, he gets handed the bullshit. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll I, say this: Wynn Win says something that I actually agree with, which we were not agree with. I have. I understand more. When Wynn is talking to like a whole bunch of children, as she usually does, and she says, oh, everyone has to be good because the prophets only like you if you're good. And all the children are like, yeah, we'll be good. And then Briel walks in and says, no, the prophets love you no matter what. To which I say, no, the only reason you should have religion is to make people be good. Mm. What are you doing, Briel? <laughs> Keep the children in control. Yeah, really, let the children fucking fall for that. Otherwise, 
I mean, they're children. Well, that's that's you know. the point of religion. I, I, I told my brother this once because I took a great anthropology course in college. And what my teacher says was, you know, out of all the religions, like the two that are the best at keeping their, their people in control were the Egyptians and anyone doing like a Judeo-Christian kind of a thing. Because in Egypt, if you don't live a good life, you don't get to go to the, the afterlife, even though you're going to be a servant in the afterlife anyway. But you get to at least have an afterlife. Otherwise, if you're not good, you don't you, you go fucking nowhere. And then, you know, Judeo-Christian religions, your afterlife is, is between heaven and hell kind of a bullshit. Yeah, but Jews don't have hell. Well, they, they have to be good anyway. I don't think they do. Do they? Don't I don't know enough about Judaism. Well, I guess they have the Ten Commandments, right? Isn't that that's their, their book? There's got to be some kind of downside. But there's no hell. But so maybe it's, it's maybe else. it's that if you don't go to heaven, you don't go anywhere. Yeah, maybe it's like what you were just saying. Technically, I don't think they even expressly state there is a hell in the New Testament either. There's just I'm pretty sure that was punishment. All, I think, I'm pretty sure kind. that was even just the coming up. The church just invented that shit. Well, yeah. I know they made up purgatory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on the one hand, though, like yeah. On the other hand, in the long run, I think the Abrahamic religions were a mistake. I mean, look where it's gotten us. Um, I mean, sure, but like a lot of religions, there's a lot of religions that probably would be better off without all of them. Most of probably. them, yeah, probably. If you if you look at the if you look at the like the impact on humanity over time, I, I just we you know we should have stuck with the Greco-Roman stuff. Yep, it's one that makes the most sense to me. You know, it's like mm-hmm. sacrifice a goat every so often, you'll be fine. Well, then it's like you know when you go to Christianity, it's like why do bad things happen to good people? Oh, it's part of God's unknowable plan. You know, you go to the Greco-Roman. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because the gods don't give a fuck about any of you. They are too busy whoring and fighting. <laughs> Life was an accident. They wanted you to die, but Prometheus stole fire from Zeus to fuck with him. That makes way more sense to me than anything else. We got, we got another episode to talk oh, yeah, about. Enough, after Chris has cut all of that. Enough Hitler. I am not stuff. cutting Einstep or whatever the fuck it is I said. You said Einstep. <laughs> All right. Uh, the second episode we did today, or going to talk about today, is Tribunal. This is an interesting one. <laughs> we <laughs> we open. I like this one. We open. Oh, I did too. We open with Chief O'Brien being really reticent to go on vacation with his wife. Who can blame him? <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. true. That's what happens. Oh, it's great. Man, that scene when he had to like say through gritted teeth that Keiko was the most loving and supportive person he's ever met. You're getting ahead, but <laughs> yes. What a liar. But just as the Mr. and Mrs. are starting to get down and dirty, thank Gross. God that we were interrupted, they're boarded by some Cardies, and they're like, you're, okay. you're a war criminal, bitch. We're taking you with us. Oh, he also ran into like a buddy that he knew on plan- on from, uh, DS9, uh, which Rutledge. is sort of important. Sort of. Uh, well, it's very important. Raymond Boone. I know, but we're going to get into it, right? But anyway, Ooh. so um, he's told, hey, so we know you did some shit. You're guilty. We're going to have a televised trial where your lawyer will explain why we know you're guilty. And we'll put it up on Netflix. And that'll be it. So you're going to probably die or work in mines or do something awful. But yeah, we know you're guilty and that's well, that. No, no, He had already been sentenced to death well, before yes. the trial. Okay, yeah, we've already, I, could, we've already, I couldn't remember if that was the case. We've scheduled your execution. Let's just go through the trial first. <laughs> Which is so incredible. Like, just Well, it's think. funny because Garrick like mentioned this previously. Yeah, in how, Maquis, I think. Yeah, how on in Cardassian law, the outcome of the trial is always known. 
so now we get to actually see so that. It's kind of like watching an episode of Columbo. You already know who did it. You got to watch <laughs> now how Columbo figured it out. That's right. That's what it's like. So what did I do? Hmm. Columbo, Cardassian law. All right. They find out about this on Deep Space Nine because Keiko is allowed to go. Because it's good for ratings to see the spouses cry. Yeah, to have them to have her show up and cry. You know, Keiko would just be like, yes, kill him. Kill him! She goes back and she's like, oh no, help. And Odo's like, I'm going to be the Nestor. And whatever. What is a Nestor? A Nestor is... A long-eared is... Christmas donkey. Oh, hee-haw, hee-haw. Oh, wait, that's Dominic. No, Nestor. Nestor is a donkey, though. Yeah. Anyways, right. No, Dominic. Dominic the donkey is hee haw hee haw. Nestor the sh- the long eared donkey is like a Rankin Bass special. I don't know what's going yeah. on. Now right. what's happening? <laughs> Rankin Bass. Is this more Animal Crossing? No, no it's, it's Christmas shit. Christmas special. Rankin Bass. They did Rudolph. And, oh, was that Nestor? Uh, all that yes. trash. He's cute. Yeah, but it's one of the ones oh, you've okay. never probably heard of because yeah, it's garbage. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Sorry. Uh, Nestor is basically just like an advisor oh, okay. to the. Yeah, I, think, I think the Nestor. What we find out is that the Nestor's job is to convince the accused to confess. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. But only certain people can do it. People who have been recognized by the Cardassian court, and Odo happens to be one of those people that is recognized or like is permitted to be there. So he gets to go and help. Keiko goes, and basically. A trial happens, and Odo keeps interrupting and being like... Oh my god, I love... I don't understand Cardassian law, but this seems wrong. I love Macbar every time Odo interrupts. He's like, Odo! I am... I am embarrassed! I am humiliated. It's so good. But yeah, so basically it's just courtroom shenanigans, and what happens is, even though Odo was trying his best... Odo doesn't save the day. No. What saves the day is when who even is it? Is it Cisco and Dax? Who shows up with this butthole? Julian helped, you know, in his own way. Because yeah. because basically Garrick told the Maquis, it's like, hey, if you need to secretly get information to Deep Space Nine, go talk to their doctor. <laughs> He'll tell everybody. He loves covert shit so much. And when you go there and you tell him, tell him not to turn around and look at you. <laughs> So what happens is, is they find Raymond Boone, and it turns out his wife hasn't heard from him in eight years. His family hasn't heard him from him in eight years. Guess what? He's a Cardassian that had some plastic-ass surgery, and he's been running around doing some dirty business for the Cardassians. It's another Cardassian long con, and yep. I love that. It's great. So they Fucking bring him. They bring so him in. Brilliant. <laughs> they bring him in. They literally just walk him in a door. The judge looks over, realizes, oh fuck. And goes, ah, dismissed, clunk. Well, still guilty, but I shall show clemency. So we get to have our cake and eat it too. I like that her gavel was like a fucking, just a rock that she slams with like as much anger as possible. Oh, she was so pissed at the end. That wasn't as good as the Klingon judge's gavel. The one that sparks. Which had sparks that came Uh, out of it. Yeah, well, there are no sparks. Just spoons. Just spoons, no sparks. So And everybody goes home and we all live happily ever after. Oh man. Yeah. So that lawyer. Oh, he was my How favorite. I you flatter me, sir! You flatter me, sir! He <laughs> feel like he should have been in Galaxy so Quest as one of the Beautifully over the top and theatrical. It's also just funny to see like a Cardassian in like Basically, it looked like he was wearing layers upon layers of cardigans. Mm. He's like, which cardigan do I wish to wear today? I know! All of 
love them. But, but given how, what's interesting about that guy is that given how this is Kovat? Yeah, yeah. Given how um, you know, Cardassian justice system works. He's basically a performer. He's yeah. a TV actor. Yeah, no, yeah. he in no so way. Of course he's hammy. Of yeah. course he's over the, the top. The fact that he wins at the end, he's gonna get fucking murdered. <laughs> They're going to kill me. Yeah, like he's I wasn't all, meant to win. He's there because he looks like a lawyer. Yeah. And he and he knows all the rules. Smells like a lawyer. Like an like a Talks lawyer. Talks like a lawyer. My god, he's a duck. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. what I find most interesting about this is that it seems like the trial, this whole thing, it's it's like this weird reality show. It's, yeah. It's like the, the running man. So I actually, my mm. first thought, and I was wrong, was I was wondering if this was like a commentary on the media circus that had been the O.J. Simpson trial, but in fact that would be a year later. Okay, I was going to say, what is the timing line up? However, this was after the Menendez trial, which was the first sort of really big media circus trial after the founding of a court TV. What was it? I don't remember this case. Oh, the Menendez kids killed their parents. Basically, oh, the right, Menendez, right, right, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was, that trial was like, it probably would have been a bigger deal in retrospect if not for the fact that OJ happened like three years later. Mm. But at the time, it was such a big deal, there was a whole B-plot parodying it in the cable guy. Yeah. That's right, there is. That's that's a parody of the Menendez trial. And it was like, again, there had been media circus trials before, but this was the... I think they were Asian! Yep. Um, <laughs> that's the line of the cable guy. Jake loves I don't remember it. That's like, that fucking movie, I get, is so underrated. It I is, love that movie. I want to see it again someday, because I saw it, like, what did it come out, a year after Ace Ventura? That's the thing. I saw it when I was, like, 11... Because we thought it was going to be Ace Ventura hijinks, right? It was not. It's way too cerebral. I was not into it as an 11 year old child. What drove me nuts. I liked it as a kid, but what drove me nuts was because I grew up on like Nick at Night reruns. We've said this before. We have? Go ahead, say it anyway. I don't remember. But it's the fact that like all the cover names he uses are obviously characters from TV. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Matthew Broderick, how do you not know this? Well, Jack Black figured it out. He did. He Jack Black is in that movie? Yeah, that's probably one of his first movies. Did I say that? Because I, I didn't don't remember. But but yeah, so like, either Chris can, way. Chris can go back and literally find the audio from a different episode where we just bring splice this up it in. And just use we that. We should do a 10 forward on the cable guy one of these days. Ooh, sure. I would be down because then I could anyway, watch it again. But I, I do kind of wonder if there was. Because whether they were commenting on it or not, it does seem very prescient of the sort of like major, you know, national court TV sort of thing. You know, there's like, that fucking, we've already figured it out, judge. I was just like, wow, they predicted Nancy Grace. Right down to the fucking crazy eyes. Oh, her eyes look great. Yeah, her great hair, too. Oh, I hated that hair. It was so Oh, dumb. Mac Bar's hair? I loved Mac Bar's hair. It, it looked cool. I thought it was awful, but I but I mean, like, it, I mean it fit for what they were doing. It was awful hair. I just thought it was it was a fun thing yes, to have. I agree with but Yeah, that. this idea of the, like, sort of the... You know, a trial not just on television, but the trial as television. And like the the, the jury or the witnesses, like whoever the people they, were, yeah, the, they the, were like cla- like like hitting the yeah. table and shit. There's kind of what was going on. there. <laughs> yeah, the whole trial thing was very fun, very interesting, very fun, very cool, very Enjoyed, legal, uh, very cool. O'Brien not giving them what they wanted. That was good. I have to say, roughing things up. I was very like I liked the judge, but I felt like her accent or whatever was like very inconsistent. Oh, I didn't notice. There were times when she would sound like super duper Midwestern, and then times when she would be obviously trying to do something (laughs) specific for the role. And I was just really like, why does she? 
What is happening? Mm. I was a little bit distracted by that. Well, you know, she's it's also Avery an Brooks actor fault. in a way, right? So maybe True. sometimes she puts hmm. on her judge voice. Okay, okay. Yeah, this is, maybe on the other hand, she just maybe the actor not just great. fucked up. This was when yeah. he directed, right? Avery Brooks? Yes. Yeah, yeah, this was Avery Brooks' first director. Oh, really? Episode. He did a good job. He did. I thought it was really good. It's very good. funny. I read I read a quote by his assistant director, B.C. Cameron, and she said she had so much trouble working with Avery Brooks because his directing style was just like his acting style. <laughs> Jazz Shatner. In which, in which he's just so aloof and you can't read him. <laughs> and she, she came to him eventually and said, like, Avery, I have no idea what you want. Avery, what the fuck? Because I, I, I can't... I can't tell whether when you're ever joking about something or whether you're serious <laughs> about something. Like, like I can't tell if you have a sense of humor. And he says, "Oh well, you must not know me, know me very well." And she's like, "I don't know what you want. Um, I don't know you at all, sir. We just met." And she and he's and and he says, "Oh, well, how how can we fix that?" And she says, "You could tell me." And he's like, "Oh, <laughs> well, in that it's case." <laughs> and then they had a meeting and they figured out what they wanted out of the scene. And it's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> wow." <laughs> Um, him as a director must be interesting. Yeah, but no, I think he did a good job with it. And, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I really liked that the lawyer... Oh, he was amazing. Yeah, that was the perfect way to play him. Because like you said, he's he's, he's not there to be a lawyer. He's there to be... To look like a lawyer. Yeah. It's also interesting to me that like other aspects... Like, yeah, so there's the predetermined verdict. There's the predetermined sentence. Yep. The trial is just for public enjoyment. Played on giant public televisions. It's so 1984. Yeah. yeah. And everything looks a little bit, you know, 1984, kind of like future dystopia. Everything is gray and dark. Mm. And you're like, yeah, that's Cardassia Prime. Accurate. But um, <laughs> what all, another interesting is that you don't even know what your charges are. Yeah. Like the only You'll reason, find out at the trial. Like the only reason O'Brien knew what the charges were is because Odo, Odo told, him, told yeah. him once they figured it out. I also find it interesting, though, that like, Boone has been a deep undercover sleeper agent. <laughs> sleeper agent for eight years. Yep. Which sounds like it encapsulates the time that O'Brien knew him on the Rutledge. At least part of it. So O'Brien may have never even known the real Boone. He might have it's only ever possible. known this oh, Cardassian wow. agent. Yeah. So that's a huge investment. Yeah, in a in an intelligent. Yeah. That is how these people do. Well, the thing is, I'm sure they also don't know how they're going to use Boone yet. They're, nope. they're just he's just out there. Like, okay, we know we'll need him eventually. He's an option for sometime in the future when we think of something. There could be tons of these guys just out serving in Starfleet right now. But to take, true, I mean, in, I mean, in the future, I but this right is, now. What the motivation is like I to will, take down Miles O'Brien? Well, we no, got him, boys. Well, no, no, they, <laughs> this specifically. <laughs> He said a bad thing about a Cardassian in a bar once. No, no, this specific, they did say he did specifically say this was, this guy just had to be connected to O'Brien. What it was was to make it look like the Federation was very actively supplying the Maquis. But they already, but they went through all this trouble to make it look like O'Brien had acted alone. Well, yeah, but they, what they say is something like they couldn't. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly. Like but they, had, was, they had, they they had them, you know. Oh, that that they couldn't keep that the Federation couldn't like enforce its own sort of mm-hmm. anything, and that would force them to recall their colonies and yada yada. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, yes. As much as I love to see O'Brien getting tooth yanked, um, 
you know, it's... Um, oh, the O'Brien Must Suffer episodes are some of the best Yeah, ones. they're great. They're always good. But <laughs> and then, I know the next, time it's... next week is going to be our season wrap, and I'm sure they're all, all of mine are going to be like all the ones where O'Brien is tortured. Like, it could have been... Like, this... You know what this episode... The, it, let's just take... It's Cisco taking Jake on a vacation. They get stopped by the Cardis. And... And they take Jake away! And they arrest Jake. No, and they arrest Cisco. You know, because Cisco would be a much bigger deal, I think, if he had been collaborating with the Maquis. That's true. You know? Yeah, but I guess the, the thing was they had this guy who was posing as Boone, and this guy had a connection That's to I'm sure they've got O'Brien. another one that could pin it on, on Cisco But they really well. only needed Boone to get a voice That's sample. That's true. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess he also probably opened the locker and did the beaming of the yeah. things. But I feel like anybody could have done that. Like, how hard is it? Like, he only got like three sentences worth of voice sample from O'Brien. I'm sure anybody could be like, "Oh, you must be Benjamin Cisco." Could you say your name? How do you pronounce that? (laughs) (laughs) You know what it is. Here's the thing: you can fake Cisco's words, but you can't (laughs) fake that cadence. Even trying, the machine would just (laughs) shut down. Majel Barrett always knows. Yeah. So I like, you know, when O'Brien was trying to not go on vacation, which feels very... Who wants to be with Keiko? It's even like when, like, Scotty had to be forced to not read his technical manuals. Like, yeah, engineers are just workaholics. Yeah. yeah. But I, was, and they made a direct reference to that. Yes, him he's reading got... Technical how manuals. many manuals did you bring, Miles? Only 30 or 40. Uh, Everyone I could lay my fucking hands on, love. But I, I won't be laying my hands on you. What I thought was kind of funny, though, was, you know, one point Dax is like, oh, yeah, I'll treat the whatever reactor like my own child. And my first thought was, wait, but by your own admission, you were a terrible parent. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> Miles, don't go! Yes. No, I love the, there's a There's so many, like, little Miles Keiko moments that are hilarious. When you view it from the lens that we do, <clears throat> the fact that Keiko and Miles fucking hate each other. Like, I, I like, don't think they do. Like, oh. Miles, Miles says to somebody, like, oh, Keiko hates it when I'm late. And I'm always late. <laughs> Did you see that incredibly awkward, like, quote-unquote romantic kiss? Oh, the kissing they were doing was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> was I tried okay. not to I'm, look, I'm, oh, I've just decided that... That they're, that they're like it's like a it's like a married with children type scenario where Miles is out there working hard and Keiko just wants him to bone her and but he's like, like bored with it he's like uh what? but like even uh even I mean I know like we joke about them hating each other in the show they actually are supposed to love each other but that kiss their chemistry bad. their chemistry is rotten I wonder if the actors just didn't really get on like, I don't know maybe the actors assume that, that the characters hate each other <laughs> maybe and they've been playing into this the whole time what racist ass motherfucker by the way decided that when Miles asked for music <laughs> it had to be Shamison music is that <laughs> like, an actual thing I don't know what it is <laughs> it, it's, it's that sort of it's that it's a particular type of East Asian I think mostly Japanese sort of guitar it's that very stereotypical sort of <laughs> Pl- very plinky. It's, it's the music that's playing in every Chinese restaurant. Oh, uh, I assumed it was a future thing. No, it was no. supposed to be like a shamisen, and it's like really, it's it's like how in well, yeah, it's like, kind of like how they originally wanted um, Sulu to have a samurai sword in uh, Naked Time, and he was like, 
could we not? <laughs> yeah, it's very do stereotypical. You, do you have to? Like, they really just went with, like, the lowest common denominator. Like, yeah, not that she shouldn't necessarily like the music of her youth, but it's like, when you're on television and it's the future and it's a more sort of, like, broad society with all these things, like, like really? Fucking really, For all we guys? know, she really likes early aughts emo. That's the thing, you know? It's it's just, oh, it's like, you lazy fucks. You don't have to go all the so way awkward. back to the fucking ancestral past. Yeah, they'd be like... If, Maybe she had a, a weak spot for you too. Yeah, well, that's expensive. <laughs> no. Expensive? Expected. Getting the rights to oh, play oh, you two in your TV show. Well, I'm just saying, like, I just mean... Expensive. I mean, I don't know anyone who likes you too, yeah, but nobody likes. my point is... I think people like you too. If she, like, if she, like, if you, she was into, you, if you she like you too, but too I'd be Bono. like... Even more reason to dislike Keiko. <laughs> YouTube fan. What, what was the? I, I wrote on this line that that uh, O'Brien says, and I, for, I forget what the reference was. Where O'Brien says, "Huh, must have been somebody else in bed with us." Oh, because he didn't remember the whole conversation they had about the camera. Oh, and stuff. right, when they were in, when they were in bed. But Miles, you said you were gonna bring the camera. Oh, there must have been somebody else in bed with us. Bitch, oh, no, Keiko. fucking replicate Foiled. one for fuck's sake. That's true. Oh, yeah. You bitch. I mean, she really was actually quite lighthearted about it. Yeah, she wasn't really that bad. I, yeah. I was I was hyperbolizing. Oh, you know what I loved? You know what I loved? Is that Kira just entertains the thought that, you know what? Miles might be guilty of this, though. I love how she, of all people, by the way, is like, well, we all know how he feels about the Cardassians. Like, bitch, just like you do. You don't <laughs> act like you're innocent in this. She's like, you know, I've called them some shit in my day. She's like looking behind her. Am I going to be taken away? Seriously. Kira's out there sending weapons to the Maquis. Well, but to be (laughs) fair, No consequences. He definitely, maybe it's because they like, there would be like military records that he was in the Cardassian War or whatever the fuck. She was kind of like an underground type. Probably hard to find their registry. Well, and again, they also specifically wanted a Starfleet officer, Mm -hmm. not a Bajoran. Makes for some good ass TV, y'all. What would have been, um... I, w- I wish there was like a, a final scene with Boone talking to um, Cardassian Ca- Boone. Gu- Cardassian Boone talking to, to Gullivec, and Gullivec's like, "Boone, I can't believe you fucked this up." And Boone's like, "But that's the thing. I went to the weapons locker to steal the photon torpedoes, and they were already gone." Next, <laughs> 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 would it be Kira or Quark? Because I'm sure the Cardassians could nail Quark for literally Actually, anything. It was Nog. He traded them for a gross of self-stealing. <laughs> I still can't say it! I wish that was on purpose, but it wasn't. God damn it! Self- Self-sealing stem balls. Wow. <laughs> Do you see what you've done? I'm so angry. Do you want to try it again? No. Or should we just robo-voice it over? Self-sealing stem bolts. I like to pretend that, um, that, uh... Fucking phrase. When they were out originally, when the Starfleet was originally sending supplies to outfit Deep Space Nine, they're, they're like... Hey, we're kind of low on photons. And there's like, I oh, just throw some metal scraps in a case. They'll never need them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't use photons there. They're a space station. Oh, God. What was it? Great lines where uh, Odo was just a... I regret that I have no teeth to offer to the Bureau of Investigation. Yeah, I loved that, that line. That was great. That was fucking badass. <laughs> it's just... such contempt. Yeah. I love Odo more with every, literally every episode I watch. Is it, is it as badass as Cisco winning the trial without saying a fucking word? <laughs> I know that's true. He just walks in and they're like, oh no, we're done now. Well, that means the judge was, yeah. was in on it. She knew. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. 
Which it seems unnecessary to bring her into the plot. Like, like this seems like Gull Evek's personal thing. Eh, maybe she like. Maybe it makes it more fun. She's for her. banging Evek, probably. Maybe, maybe it's their kink. Could be. Could be. <laughs> killing O'Brien. Yeah. Well, kink. imagine if he had done. Maybe if Cisco had done that, if he had just walked O'Brien. in with Boone and she wasn't in on the plot. Oh, she's yeah. like, why are these two humans just okay? Whatever. You know Guilty. What? Sentence to be carried out. In the back head, you're like, oh, hold on. Oh no! You know what's most sad is that this is how we learn that Boone died. Yeah. Poor Boone. That's how his wife finds out. Oh no! That's how everybody. Well, finds she probably out. already assumed. Otherwise, she's been living for the last eight years thinking that he just like fucked off and was Listen. cheating on her. Well, she no, her a candle for Boone. Okay. Her her assumption had been that because she said he came back from and he was different. A different. She she yeah. thought that he'd been tortured or something, and that just. Yeah, but he hadn't talked to them in eight years. They said. Yeah, because he His parents, her. yeah, but his wife he'd actually been with briefly, it sounds like. Oh. Like, long enough for her to be like, you're different. And he was like, okay, bye. But rather than be like, oh, wait, you're literally different, she just assumed his experience in the war had understandably changed him. Mm. So all species yeah. like doing this, uh, this get cosmetic surgery to look like a different species thing to go undercover. Well, I think it's really easy to make yourself look like a human. <laughs> Because humans have the least elaborate bullshit. <laughs> Just like, scrape off some of the spoons. <laughs> there we go. No, we saw Kirk and Sp- Kirk pretend to be a Romulan. No, I know. It but was Deanna super Troy, great. We saw Picard. That wasn't by any other name. We even right? saw no, Data no, 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 do no, no, it. No. The other oh, one, yeah. uh, the, yeah. the fucking Enterprise incident. Yes, the one. Everybody, everybody likes to uh, disguise themselves. Yeah. It's really handy when all the galaxy is, you know... Born from the same it's, seeds. It's just fun when you get to put your actors that are in, not in makeup in makeup. Yeah. I want to see some, one of them or go like, undercover with the hornus. Or just a hat. <laughs> you know, just put a hat on Spock's ears. There you go, he's a human. <laughs> Here you go. We're going to drape this big rug over you. Just go, It's over a few seasons, but there's a really good um, species crossover episode in DS9. Is it Andorians? Oh, nice. Is it Andorians? No. Damn. I don't think we really see Andorians again until Enterprise. Damn it. There's one coming up in a few weeks, I think, too, where we get to see a, uh, a character don the somebody else's... Don they now their Somebody else's barrel. headgear. Mm, nice. My yeah, I... Go ahead. Nope. I got nothing. No, I was going to change. Go ahead. I really this don't is my. Really this is my last note. My last note is, this lawyer is basically cogly. Finney is alive! <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> You flatter me, sir. You flatter me. Oh, I loved that. Uh, Odo, Odo, last episode. Odo. Very last briefly, episode. completely forgot. Oh no's. When Kira's all like, "Oh, I, I love him, Odo," and Odo like kind of has a moment of just like, "Oh, okay then." Why couldn't you love me? Why not Odo? It was like, oh, that's his weird. poor feelings. Yeah. I love Odo. He's great. He's great in this one too. He is great. He's always great because he's just so like. Constantly in contempt of court. <laughs> it's amazing. But they don't stop him. No. They can't. You know why? I it's guess. great television. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you know what? This is great. He can sit there and bitch. It'll help ratings. We've We're going to an- find him guilty anyway. Yeah, we've got an answer for anything he throws at us. It's like, he's, he's this, is, this is wonderful. Wonderful. You say you have sources for where you got this information. What are these sources? Reliable sources. Confidential okay. sources. Top... Yeah. Men. <laughs> yeah. What is that from again? Uh, the first Indiana Jones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Top well, cats. Who's left a top, top cat? Uh, well, what do we have to look forward if to? If you Galen? liked that star thing, we'll be doing another star thing next week. 
when we talk about the je- episodes, the Gem Hadar, and then we open season three. What? It's going fast. I know. Season three, search parts one and two. Not to be confused with the chase. No, it wouldn't be. Don't confuse Why would it, different it? Why would it know, be? Search and chase, they kind of sound similar. No. Hide and seek? I no. guess. Shoots and ladders? Yes. No, the chase was just a terrible episode, and these are good episodes. I know. Cool. I watched them by mistake because I thought we were recording them this week. They got the same actress. I'll get to rewatch them. Avery now. Brooks? You yeah, directed this. If you like what you heard today and you'd like to hear more, what is wrong with you? But if you do want to, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. You can give us a follow on Facebook by searching for A Star to Steer Her By. We are on Twitter and Tumblr as at SSHB Podcast. And you can check out SSHBpodcast.com, but that's just going to bring you to Tumblr for now. Um, hey, you've got all this extra time now that we're stuck at home with pandemics make the website have extra time where does this extra uh, time it's i that? have an answer you're still working but you have your commute time yeah that's jake's private time yeah, now that's that's toilet time that's where i'm shitting how did you do that on your commute uh, i think you know he wears diapers you of all people should know why uh, do you think i've been buying new underwear every week oh no <laughs> This has been Chris. Why do you think the toilet's been clogged for months? Oh, no! This is, this is always Ames. I'm Caitlin. I flush my underwear. <laughs> He's Jake. Oh, Rossi's here, Ames coughs into the nook of her elbow. Be like Ames. They can't see. It's a I, I, I cough right into Nook's face. <laughs> oh my god. Side note. I was texting my cousin Terry. She has named him Tanuki Fucko. That's what she calls him now. And I was like, I never noticed his grotesquely huge balls. What? <laughs> After this, we'll tell you about Tanuki. Just Mr. remind no, us. No. It's a Japanese raccoon. Yeah, but they have big balls. Oh, do they? They do. Tom the Nook? Animal Crossing character? Or no, the no, actual the, the actual, like, picture. Oh, no, of... she's well, looking at a... Well, it's not real. It's oh, no, I... raccoon's balls. What? Well, no, but the, the Tanuki specifically is, like, a mythical creature that doesn't just have huge balls. They can also, like, change the shape, size of them at will for Tanukis some reason. Tanukis are not mythical. Yeah, Well, they the are. mythical version of them. Oh. I was like, because Tanukis... Yeah, the raccoon dog, yeah. But there's, like, if, for some reason in Japanese myth, there are, like, talking Tanuki and... They can change the size oh. of their Oh my balls. god, they're so oh, fucking they're so cute. cute. I didn't know they were a real thing. They're fresh. They're unbearably cute. Um, unbearably. Mario look has like a costume. Yeah, the tanuki suit. I know. Yeah, it also doesn't have balls. Anyway, the mythical version of a tanuki has gigantic balls. Which apparently they can Ant-Man, which I didn't realize. By Ant-Man, Just I mean like... get smaller or larger. There's a Studio Ghibli movie starring them, complete with shape-changing balls. balls. What?! Why didn't we? Why didn't America get this movie? We did because Disney's contract required they import it. But needless to say, they didn't give it a theatrical release. They very quietly released it it's straight to video. Is it still possible to get it? I don't fucking know. Dude, I want a big balls movie. That's our opening. <laughs>